You're listening to Wealth at Work, a show designed to help advisors think, make decisions, and cast a vision to create a business for the future. Hosted by financial planner, author, speaker, and CEO of Advisor2x, Ross Marino. Welcome to the Wealth at Work show. Today we are joined by Jed Cohen and once again by Jamie Greenleaf. Hello, everybody. Hi there. Hi. Thanks to both of you for being on the show. Jamie, you've been on multiple times, and I know every time I interview you, I always have a time that I think I'm going to stop, and I have never stopped then because I just have to keep asking questions. So I don't know how long this one's going to go, but that's okay. Jed, this is your first time on, so how about you take uh, about 60 seconds, introduce yourself to everybody who's listening. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ross. So uh, in a nutshell, uh, I am a serial entrepreneur. I launched my first fintech company in 2009. Uh, we were acquired in 2015, and I moved into the health tech space from there. I uh, helped to scale a company past unicorn status on a $5 billion valuation, um, and then had the opportunity to take a couple of steps back, think about where I wanted to have impact, uh, and ended up as the COO of a national nonprofit for a few years. Um, and, you know, really ended up deciding that, that nonprofit is a, is a really interesting beast, uh, but I much prefer sitting on the, the boards of nonprofits rather than uh, leading operations on a daily basis. So um, was very pleased to be introduced to Jamie, um, and she uh, brought me up to speed on, on everything that's happening in the, in the health benefits and healthcare space. And I got really excited about the opportunity to, to have impact. So I like to say she lured me away from my cushy desk job and uh, back into the world of, of early stage startups. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Jamie, how about a quick inter introduction for you? Um, most, I'm sure, know me, but I grew up in the retirement space. My mother founded a firm back in 1981. So when I talk about growing up in the retirement space, that's really what I did. And uh, for the last 30 God, I hate to say that number, 30 years, I've helped employers establish a fiduciary process around their ERISA-based retirement program to produce better outcomes. So got really excited about the ability to do the same in the healthcare space as it is an ERISA-based plan. And some new legislation has allowed us to kind of open the Pandora box and get some good looks into um, where we can improve process and uh, costs and drive better outcomes. Awesome. Now, you are both co-founders of Fiduciary in a Box. And Jed, you already mentioned that you were lured into our industry here. That sounds great. Can you tell us uh, that story? Sure. Uh, well, it was in one of my initial conversations with Jamie where um, she she asked me about uh, my approach to uh, advising my employees uh, around the health benefits plans that they were selecting, right? So this was um, around, you know, I, I provided the disclaimer that, you know, I, I'm not qualified to offer the advice and, you know, there's just friendly advice that I give to folks. But she asked me about high deductible health plans and HSA accounts and through that conversation, Jamie effectively showed me that I had been doing health insurance wrong my entire career and in the process had offered some very well-meaning but, but potentially very bad advice to a number of folks that, uh, that 
I had met across the years. So um, in that conversation, I, I got really excited about the opportunity to have impact for employers and for their, the employees, the participants in these plans um, as, uh, as we pushed forward with some initial sort of business ideas. Um, and uh, it, it was eye-opening to say the least. Well, it, it's fascinating when you see someone who has a different take on whatever activity you're doing, even if it's within the same industry and you have the, the same occupation, people approach things differently. Now, I'd imagine as you went through these conversations, and, and Jamie, this is a question I'll ask of you, there was probably that moment where you thought, hey, there, there's a business here. And instead of just saying, hey, we could do this, you hit that point of we need to do this. Do, do you remember that moment? Um. Yes, I, I definitely knew that we needed to do something when I started talking to employers and they said our second largest expense is our healthcare plan and understanding that they had no process around how they built their programs that they were offering to their employees really was that aha moment to say, okay, we, we need to help employers really decide how they're going to determine that what they're doing is in the best interest of their participants and also that they're providing an actual benefit at a reasonable cost. And along came the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021, which I know, Ross, you and I have talked about to death. Um, and it really opened that Pandora box that said, now employers have access to all this information they need to be a fiduciary. They need to step up and, and actually have a process around what they do in the healthcare space, just like they did in the retirement space. Wow, I know this inside out and backwards because I've lived it. Um, and it was the aha moment that, okay, we can do this better than we did it in the retirement space using all the things that we, you know, it have done throughout the last 30 years. Uh, so I'm super excited about the opportunity to, to use what we know, um, and the knowledge that we've gained over the past 30 years to, um, kind of provide an easy button for employers around their healthcare plan and the fiduciary process they need to establish. By no means is fiduciary process um, easy, but we can take a complex problem and simplify it. And that's really what fiduciary in a box is. Well, Jed, being a serial entrepreneur, I'm, I'm sure you look at it as here's a need that needs to be filled, but you also know that there's other companies currently filling a similar need. There's probably a business model. There's a revenue model. There's a profit margin. If you're really disruptive in the entrepreneurial world, you're just shattering the profit margins of what was done previously. So how about you talk a little bit about the business opportunity when you looked at these companies and how they're spending money, who's making the money on it, whose business model is most at risk with fiduciary in a box? Yeah, great question. Um, honestly, there is so much waste in uh, built into the cost structure of health benefits that uh, there are a number of players who are going to be impacted. But the the ones that are going to be most impacted are going to be the the carriers, the networks, the TPAs, and the PBMs. Right there, there are a couple of acronyms in there that. The audience may not be entirely familiar with uh, certainly TPA is the same from retirement to uh, 
uh, to health benefits, right? Third-party administrators, but PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, right? These organizations are responsible for processing claims on both the medical side and on the pharmacy benefit side. And there are so many uh, uh, processes that are sort of kept under lock and key. It's just this black box of someone goes to a doctor, submits a claim, and then it magically gets processed and uh, outspits a number sometime later that the plan has to pay for that service, right? We don't understand how that number uh, is come to. Um, and in that number, they've built in all of these profit margins as money flows around behind this curtain. So by adding transparency to the market, by requiring disclosure of fees and services, uh, we're going to discover uh, the, that these fees have been inflated significantly for years, for decades at this point. And I, I think that's where uh, the biggest uh, reduction in cost is, is going to come from initially. So if we're seeing a big reduction in cost, who's going to be the big winner here, Jamie? Us, the American people, our cost. We're actually going to move away from health insurance and move into health care. Um, and your, your doctors who are so um, like there to support you are actually going to be able to do their job. And they'll be able to prescribe things that are actually needed as opposed to have to be prescribed because the carrier requires you to do that before you do anything else. You know, you need to do this test before I can do this test. All, all the smoke and mirrors goes away. It's kind of like, you know, remember in the old days with the 403B plans and you had multiple vendors handling one employer and they had layers upon layers of fees and annuity wrappers and, you know, offsets and, fees going back to the provider and and nobody knew what was going on it, it it ate away at employees retirement accounts and this is and who benefits now because there's a fiduciary process in place us as the american people able to save for our retirement it's the same thing with this space it's it's going to be us the american people are going to benefit from health care again not health insurance that is creating additional costs and wastes Jed, is there anything in this process that as you were learning the advisory side and, and maybe some more on the 401k side and looking at it, is there anything that caught your attention where you thought, huh, I didn't know it actually worked that way or, or I didn't really expect that? Any surprises along the way here? I think the biggest surprise to me from, from the perspective of an employer um, was the, the risk associated with not having a, a prudent documented process in place. And while we've, we've all become relatively accustomed to having that process in place on the retirement side, the idea of applying that to the health benefits side was eye-opening, right? Because essentially for my entire career, it, it's just been accepted that this is the way business is done. You go to a health benefits broker, they can, they run an RFP and you choose a, a carrier or a TPA and a network and 
you end up just sort of saying, okay, like this is the good one in our area and this is the one my employees will value and it costs what it costs. That is insufficient as a process and the, the risk of uh, DOL uh, fines and, and uh, enforcement actions and the risk of class action lawsuit uh, around fiduciary breach is huge. And while folks in the retirement space have known that for years, uh, and I was aware of it uh, in association with our 401k plans uh, in the past, um, it was eye-opening to realize that this, these new laws and regulations apply those same responsibilities to the health benefits plans. It's been exciting to see how the fiduciary process has had such an impact on the 401k world. I started doing the 401ks, I guess, 25 years ago, and there wasn't as much fiduciary process that's probably understatement of the year right there. There was very little fiduciary process way back then. And there was a lot of products that were out there that were providing those types of benefits, massive disruptions over the course of a couple of decades. So Jamie, do you think it's going to take 20 years to see the fiduciary advisors really move into the healthcare space? Or do you think it's going to happen pretty quickly? I think it's going to happen quick. Uh, one, Back then, employers didn't know what the fiduciary standard was. We had to educate them on that. They had to, they had to learn that process. Now, when you talk about fiduciary process, they're very much aware of what that means. They're also very much aware of what fiduciary breach means. Um, it's been costly over the past 25 years if you're not um, compliant or, or not acting in the best interest of your participants. So one, the learning curve is not there. That's one of the reasons I think it's going to be sped up. The employers get it. Um, the brokers that are not consultants nor are fiduciaries, which there are no real brokers right now that are acting in a fiduciary capacity, don't get it. The employers get it. The, the, the healthcare industry doesn't understand fiduciary standard yet. So employers are ahead of the game. The second reason that it's going to accelerate is because Jerry Schlichter, the name we all know and love, has already started trolling in this market. Um, you know, he posted a LinkedIn ad for groups of employees from specific companies to reach out to him because they potentially could have been damaged by their healthcare plan. So um, the reality is, is employers understand the risk associated with running an ERISA-based plan. And now that they're starting to understand those same liabilities apply to their healthcare plan. And mind you, the healthcare plan has a lot more money associated with it. There, there's a movement to where's the easy button? Where can I find a fiduciary that can help me? I have a co-fiduciary in my retirement plan. Where can I find one of those on my healthcare plan? So I think um, the acceleration of what happened in the retirement space will be um, a lot faster in the healthcare space. Certainly hope so. It sounds great. I'm excited to hear more about it. Both of you are speaking at Wealth at Work this October up in National Harbor. So we look forward to seeing both of you there. Jed, Jamie, appreciate you being on the show and we'll see you in October. Thanks, Thanks so much. much. Thank you for listening to Wealth at Work. The information covered and posted represents the views of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Advisor2x. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.